Hey, Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor JP here. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining with us on our podcast today. I pray today that this message stirs your faith, that it builds you up, that it draws you closer to the Father's heart, and ultimately that you just feel the embrace of heaven. We would love to stay connected with you and you to stay connected with us. So please feel free to check us out on our website, oasischurchchicago.com, or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Also, you can be sure to join with us on our live stream on our YouTube page every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Now here's today's message. Welcome back to myself, I guess. I'm so glad to be here. I love Oasis Church. Do you guys love Oasis Church? Anybody? Yeah? Man, you guys have some incredible leaders. You have some incredible people. And one of the things I love about this church is that God is doing something so special and so unique. The way that you guys are pressing in in worship, the things that the Spirit of God is doing in your hearts and in your lives, the risk that you're taking, it's incredible. God is gonna do some amazing things. And you know, another thing that I love about this church is that you guys are nice. You guys have some nice people. And uh, when I came this morning, I think that probably like, it was probably five or six people asked me if I wanted anything from Starbucks. Isn't that nice, right? The, the thing is, I don't drink coffee. So I always said no, but it was really nice of them. And, you know, coffee is, I don't know if you've noticed, if you're, if you're new to church, which by the way, can we just, can we give it up for those people that raise their hands? to accept Jesus, the people that raise their hands to give their lives back to Jesus. Listen, it's awesome. It's just amazing. But um, if, you're, if you're new to church, um, there's a, we, we, we like to, um, there's a kind of like an idol that's accepted in the church and it's called coffee. So um, we, we love coffee. Christians love coffee. And, um, and so anyways, I, I'm not a big fan of coffee. So whenever people talk to me, they're always like, hey, so you want some coffee? And I'm like, no, you know, no, no, no. And they say, oh, well, it's because you haven't tried this kind of coffee, you know? And so I'll be like, okay, you know, try it. Yep, bitter black bean water, thank you. You know, it's like, it's all the same. He's like, no, this is a this is a fruity roast. This has some earthy tones in it. You know, it's like, no, it's all the same. Bean water. But you know, I, in fact, I think that a lot of you, you don't even like coffee. You like cream and sugar. So when you drink coffee, it's not even about the coffee. It's about the cream and sugar. But you know, I, I understand why people drink it though. And I'm going somewhere with this in case you're wondering. I know why people drink coffee. It's because they want to stay awake. And it's because it brings them comfort. It, it, it does something for them. It's like a cue for your body. You like drink coffee and then it like wakes you up and I get all that. You could drink water and does the same thing, but it's a different story. But when you drink coffee, it, it wakes you. It's like a trigger, right? So, so that's why we drink it. But you know what I've noticed is that little kids typically don't like coffee. Typically, there's some weird ones, but typically they don't like coffee. Why? Because it's bitter. But as you get older and you mature more, you learn to appreciate bitterness. You learn to appreciate 
the bitter notes of coffee and life. And I think that today I want to talk to you because I don't know about you, but life is not always cream and sugar. Life is oftentimes bitter. And you know, I want us in this room to be mature believers. Because if your Christianity is all about cream and sugar, you will never be able to experience the benefits of bitterness. And cream and sugar by itself, I mean, I think everyone agrees that's a little over the top. Unless it's ice cream, then it works. Today, I I hope that you know that life, when you give your life to Jesus, he doesn't save you from problems and discomfort. He saves you from sin. Jesus didn't come to rescue you so that things could be smooth sailing. Jesus came to rescue you from judgment. He came to rescue you from a life wasted. He came to rescue us from ourselves. And so today, I want to read a passage to you because life is not always cream and sugar. Sometimes life is bitter, and we have to know how to handle the bitter roots of life. We have to know how to handle those bitter moments And so today, what I want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you how to endure hardship and discipline. Come on, praise God. Man, Pastor JP, why'd you bring a guest speaker to talk about discipline and hardship? You guys didn't get that. That's all right. I told you, Pastor JP, I've come here a lot. This is my last time, all right? So I I just, you know, this is it. Uh, But no, I want to talk to you because I believe that if you don't know how to endure hardship and difficulty, you're going to be an immature believer. You won't be able to experience the richness that God has provided for us. Your life is going, I I, I just, you know, there's there's a lot of people in the church today, I believe, that are in for a rude awakening, especially in America. Because, guys, historically, Christians don't live in environments where they're accepted. Most, I would say most places in the world, Christians are not accepted where they're at. And, you know, I'm not saying this like, oh, Christians are being persecuted everywhere here. They're not, okay? This is not persecution. This is like, you know, it's just like someone doesn't like you. That's different, okay? Persecution is when... Your church is getting shut down. It's when your building is getting bulldozed. It's when your pastor is being put in prison. It's, it's when you can't get a job. That, that's persecution. And guys, that might come to America, okay? I'm not saying that it will, but it could. And even if it doesn't, we should have a Christianity. We should have a relationship with God that with, can withstand that. Would you say amen to that? So let's dive into this text because I, I want to pull out a passage and I, I have a feeling I'm going to, this is going to 
uh, this is gonna ruin this passage for some of you. Hopefully it doesn't. I hope that it makes it better. But you know, sometimes, let me tell you something. There's sometimes that Bible verses, sometimes they get pulled out of context and, they, and then they, you, can, you can take a Bible verse that sounds really amazing and you apply it to your life, but you actually end up misapplying it when you don't have the context of what surrounds that passage, okay? That's why it's important to come to a church body you know why? Because you can't go online and pick which sermon you want to hear. You get to hear the sermon that's being preached that day. Come on, amen. Ser- like sermons on hardship. Praise God. I know you're so glad you came today. So today, I, wanna, I want you to open up your heart and let's look at this passage and let's see what God is saying to us. You know, just put your hand on your heart. Just listen. I want to read this passage to you. It's going to be on the screen, but this is a holy moment. When we go to read the word of God, these are the words that God has delivered to us. So let's just, let's read this together with reverence. I'm going to read it. You could read it in your own hearts and in your own minds, but I want you to receive this. This is from Jeremiah 29, verse 4 through 14. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. It's important that you understand this book was written to the Israelites who were being oppressed and actually taken into slavery into Babylon. They're being hauled off to be slaves. Verse five, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for yourselves, excuse me, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. God, visit Chicago. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years, everybody say 70. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Let's pray, Jesus, today,
Lord, for everyone, everyone watching online, everyone in this room, Holy Spirit, we open up our hearts to you and we pray, do whatever you want. Mess with us, God. Mess with our plans. Mess with our dreams, our jobs, our relationships, our beliefs. God, we want to offer ourselves to you right now. We pray, Holy Spirit, take your word, pierce our hearts, and change us. Change us. May we not be the same. May we not be the same. We invite you to do it, Holy Spirit. Amen. If you're in the house, say amen. Listen. I want us to know how to endure hardship and discipline and not just to endure, but I want to know how to thrive. You know, what's incredible about this passage is that the people of Israel, they were going into captivity for 70 years. God told them, you're going to be in captivity for 70 years. That will put a damper on your plans. That's going to be a hard pill to swallow. That means that my grandkids are going to grow up in captivity. The, the message here is not an easy one for these people, but what was going on is that the people of Israel were doing whatever they wanted for close to 500 years, doing whatever they wanted, generation after generation after generation, doing whatever they wanted, and finally God says, that is enough. There needs to be discipline. You know, there's, there's this uh, unknowing belief that can slip into our hearts where we say if, uh, God would never do anything to hurt us. God would never do anything to, um, to uh, uh, bring discomfort to us. We gotta be careful of that theology because God oftentimes, like a good father, will discipline us to get us onto the right path because he cares too much about you. There's this cheap version of love that is all about pleasure and all about what's good for me and, and nothing about what will bring about the most glory for God. Our, our Christianity, our belief is all about what brings the most glory to God. And you know what? God is willing to do anything in you to get closer to you. He loves you so much and his love is so deep and so rich. It's not cheap. It's so deep and it's so rich that it's willing to do the hard work to get you to the place where you can be in perfect communion with him. He's willing to do anything. And so when we look at this passage, one of the things that, that I come away with, I say, okay, so God, if you're going to bring me through hardship, if you're going to bring me through difficulty for the purpose of getting closer to you, if that's what you're going to do, then how, what's the best way to do this? What's the posture that I'm supposed to take? Because what I don't want any of us to do is to push away difficulty and just try to get to the most comfortable position possible. Sometimes when suffering comes, we say, well, let me get rid of this because this is not supposed to be a part of my life. And, and you know what? God just wants me to be happy and all these different things. And you know what? God does want you to be happy. It's actually a fruit of the Holy Spirit's joy, some people call it. 
It's something that he's actually promised for you. So I'm not saying don't be happy. That's also bad, uh, bad theology. But your comfort is not God's priority. And sometimes, maybe some of you in this room, you've done things where you've gotten to a point and you recognize, you know what? God is bringing me through difficult situations because I wasn't listening. I wasn't doing the things that I know I should have been doing. And so now I'm in a place where I'm not comfortable. Maybe you're in your job and you feel stuck in your job. Don't raise your hand. We're praying for you. Maybe you're like, God, I, I, this, this job is just too difficult. You've got to give me a better job. I, I can't be here anymore. Maybe you're in a relationship that keeps being broken over and over and over again. You're not sure why you stay there. Because there's things in your life that are messed up. There's things in your own heart and your own mind. You know that it's bad for you, but you just keep going back. And God is saying, hey, I want to bring you out. But in order to come out, you've got to go through pain. In order to come out, you've got to sow seed in areas that you weren't willing to do before. So what does this look like? Well, the first thing, be fruitful and don't chase fantasy. Are you in a, a rough spot right now? Look at, what, look at what he says to them. He says, hey, listen, I know that you're going to Babylon. Here's what I want you to do. Build houses and settle down. Not a popular message. If he wanted to have a popular message, it would have been like, rally all the young men. Get a strong political leader. You can set yourselves free from this bondage. That's not what God said. He said, build houses, settle down. What is he saying? Be fruitful. Did you know that your fruitfulness is up to you? You might be saying, Pastor David, that's, that's not true. God does the work in me. Correct. But God is willing. Are you? We're not waiting on God to be fruitful. God has given us the command to be fruitful. And so for us, what we have to do is we have to say, God, what are the things that I need to do in order to be fruitful? Some of you are in your jobs. Some of you are in relationships right now and it's discomforting. It's, it's just bad. You need to start sowing seed. Be fruitful today. Do the things that you know you need to do. Finish up your schooling. Do whatever you have to do. If you want to be somewhere else tomorrow, you have to do something today. Be fruitful be fruitful. And don't chase fantasy. Look, I, I, this, is the, this is the crazy thing. You know the difference between a dream and fantasy? Because I'm all about people having dreams in their heart that God has placed inside of you to fulfill those things. And there's nothing impossible with God. Am I right? There's nothing impossible with God. But listen, if you live in fantasy, you will never see the work of God in your life. Well, what's the difference? What's the difference between a dream from God and a fantasy? The difference is that a fantasy wants to experience the fruit without any of the labor. That's good, Pastor David. Amen. Praise God. That's a good word. I'm just going to encourage myself in the Lord today. <sighs> you know, this is something that I feel like is, is something that is very common today 
because we live in a world that everything is so quick. Look, let's just get real for a minute here, okay? You know what pornography is? It's fantasy. And you know why people use pornography and watch pornography? It's because they don't want to do the hard work of true intimate relationships. It, it's a quick, empty fix to a deep, desperate need that God wants to fulfill the right way. You know, sometimes I, I, guys are like, you know, they come to me, they're like, man, I'm struggling with this. And I say, hey, man, you know what? Um, you know, God gave you a sexual desire for a very good reason, so that you would get married. And the Bible says, if you, if you burn with lust, then you should get married. So if you're burning, then that means that you should get married. Now, what I'm not suggesting is because you have a porn problem that you should go get married, okay? That's, don't misinterpret me. Can we just, this is live? Okay, yeah, all right. So, um, <laughs> context, need context. Okay, so. But you know what? If God has given you a sex drive, then what you should do is learn how to have self-control right now and then work towards getting married. It's a good thing. A sex drive is a great thing in the right place. So, so work on that. Work on getting to a place where you can be married, where things can be holy, where things can be right. Stop taking shortcuts and expecting to be at the place that you want to be. Instead, sow the seed into the thing that you know is going to produce the right fruit. Listen, God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. I'm going to do a little marriage message right here. If you're single in the house, just right, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. It was just like, just start, you, you. Okay. Um, today, what I'm saying is, don't live in fantasy. You know, sex is not the only place that people live in fantasy. Sometimes people come in there like, you know, Pastor David, what I want to do is I want to, I want to start an orphanage. And I, I want to, uh, Pastor David, I want to, I want to start a business. Well, you know what? I, I, would, I would imagine what I want to do is I want to go to school and then I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and you fill in the blank, whatever it is. And you know what? All of those things are incredible and nothing is beyond your reach. However, if you think that those things just pop into existence, you're living in fantasy. If you think that it will not require every ounce of your life blood to start an a, a, a orphanage, you are mistaken. It will cost you. It will mean sowing for years. It will mean putting your, your finances on the line, your time on the line. Listen, if you want to start a business, do you know how hard that is? You could totally do it, but it's really hard. I was just talking to uh, Tommy, the guy that was playing the drums. He started a business about a, what is it, a year ago. It's doing amazing. But you know what? He's like, he doesn't sleep. And, and he's like having to guard time that he can be with his wife and kids because it's like if he didn't, he'd be gone all the time because it's a lot of hard work. And you know what? God is blessing him. Why? Because he's putting the seed in. He's being fruitful where God has called him to be fruitful. Listen, young people in the room, if you're a young adult in this place, I want to encourage you. Nothing is impossible, but don't expect 
too much too soon and don't expect too little over the long haul. Sow today and keep sowing and keep sowing because before you know it, five years will have gone by and you'll say, where did that time go? And what you sowed for the past five years, you will be experiencing in that moment. Don't underestimate it. Don't underestimate it. Listen, God is so good. You know, there's one last thing I just want to make on this point. Be fruitful and don't chase fantasies. I love that it says here, it says, do not listen to dreams you encourage them to have. Oh my goodness. Come on. Have you ever encouraged someone to like, you, you ever been like, like, maybe like fishing for a compliment? You're like, yeah, you know, I don't know if I did very good at that. You like you like well you know I don't know I I think I could have done better Sometimes we want something so bad we will create a story around us that will make it sound true Because all of us have insecurities and sometimes we're uncomfortable with who we really are and where we really are and so we'll say all of these things that make us sound so grand. We'll do all of these things that make us look good. We'll buy clothes that we can't afford. We'll, we'll buy cars that we can't afford because we want people around us to recognize something that actually isn't true. We'll rack up our credit card bill because we want to live a life that we haven't worked for. We'll do all sorts of different things because we don't have, we're living in fantasy. And because we want the people around us to be like, oh man, they, they got it together. No, they're in debt. Be careful. Sometimes your friends will tell you things that are just lies. They, they're nice, but they're lies. They'll be like, oh man, you know, it's like, you know, I really feel like I'm supposed to Go to the NBA. Dude, you could totally do that. I saw, I, I, you've played basketball before. You totally, totally could do that. Listen, be careful. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to prophesy all kinds of lies to you. They're going to be like, oh, you know what? You can do, you can just do anything, which is true, but in the right context. So, you know, your friends, your friends will be kind to you, but make sure that you're listening to the voice of God, not to the voice of someone who just wants to be nice. Amen? Listen, verse 10. Next thing, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Listen, 
If you're in a place where you've been, you're like, man, my life, there's some difficult circumstances that I'm going through right now. I am experiencing things that are very difficult. I wanna encourage you. And this is what God says. This is why this passage is so sweet. Once you understand it in context, you understand what God was saying is, I'm gonna send you away into exile for 70 years, but don't worry, I haven't forgot about you. Not over 70 years. And don't worry, just because you feel like you're in another, you're in another country and you don't have the, the fulfillment of God on your life, it doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm telling you right now, I am working behind the scenes, making something happen that you couldn't have made happen on your own. I know the plans I have for you. God knows the plans that he has for you. He's not subject to the plans that we have for we. That was not correct, but you understand. God is not responsible for your plans. In some cases, he doesn't even care about them because God has his own plans and they're really good, by the way. They're amazing plans. The plans that he has are way better than your plans. They're way better than my plans. They're way better than what we can come up with because we are not as smart or creative or amazing and good and loving as God. And so when God comes up with a plan, it's really good, but it's also really hard. But you know what? I, I've come to realize that when you start taking ingredients out of recipes, it doesn't always turn out very well. You start taking like, you know, uh, I, I love to cook and I love to eat even more. And when you start taking ingredients out, cause you're like, eh, I don't really like that. You could do it like maybe for one thing, but then you go to like two things, three things, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, that doesn't taste good anymore. Because a recipe comes with all sorts of different flavors that bring nuances to a dish. And those nuances make it rich and make it deep and make it enjoyable. Come on, I'm talking like a chef right now. You know what I'm saying? Nuances to your meal. God wants to bring nuances to your life. You know, something can be really sweet if it's paired with something that's salty. You have to have both. And in life, you can't pick your path. If we were to pick our path, we would be on the sugar and milk path. God has something deeper and richer for you. I don't want you to miss out on it. Listen, God's plan is so good for you that he'll discipline you back into it. His plan is so good, he will discipline you. And he doesn't, he doesn't care about your feelings too. He'll just, he's like, you'll be like, God, I don't want to do that. He's like, I love you. You know, it's like, uh, listen, there's this thing that happens, okay, in my house. I have three kids, all right? My youngest is six, and he's full of energy, and he is super passionate. And guess what happens every night? Every night, at about 8.30 at night, something overtakes him. He loses his salvation, and he becomes... He starts crying. This is not true, by the way. Just, you know, if we could swipe that from the live 
thing online. Yeah, okay, we're not gonna do that. So it, he, but he becomes like this, like he cries, he falls to pieces. He's like in shambles. Why? Because all of a sudden he's like, man, I'm tired. And sleeping is not what I wanna do right now. And life becomes hard for him. Guys, we're kids. We're God's kids. There's things that come in our life and they're just hard every single time. I'm not saying that you have to enjoy the discipline of God. I'm not saying that you have to enjoy the the hard things, but I am saying embrace it. You don't have to cry anymore. Let's grow up. Let's just say, God, thank you for sleep. Thank you for rest. You see, the people of Israel, what was going on is they were doing their own thing. In the land of Israel, they're doing their own thing. And God says, no, you can't do things your way. You see, and here's the deal, okay? Look, God told the people of Israel, every seven years, you have to let the land rest. So they would farm the land. They would reap the crops for six years. But on the seventh year, they're supposed to let the land rest. Well, can you imagine what that meant for a farmer? A farmer was like, God, what is, that doesn't really make any sense. I got to feed my family. I got to do my work. So I, I don't know if I could do that. That's a whole year, you know? I can't take off a whole year. But God says, no, no, that's the way that I want it done. Well, God, no, I, I don't know if you've ever farmed before. So the way that it works is you keep planting and every year the stuff comes back up again. It's crazy. So we should probably just keep doing this because you get more out of seven than you get out of six, you know? God says, no, that's not the way that it's supposed to be done. Some of you are living your life and you're, you're saying, ah, oh, we should be farther ahead than I am right now. God, I, I'm just gonna do this my way this time because we gotta move, okay? God, this is taking too long. I know, I know that he, he has been to church at least once in his life. And I know that I, I can turn him around, okay? I, I, some of, I didn't expect it to be that quiet. Man, there's like deep conviction falling in this place. Uh, it's like, wow. You, you can do things and you can say, God, this is going to be my way. I, I'm going to do things the way that I want to do it. But, and, and it'll work out okay. And God, you know, you do have good plans in store for me, right? Still, still true. But we're going to go with my process. We're going to go with my path. And God's like, no, no, it doesn't really work like that. If you don't take the rest now, you'll take it when you don't want to. If you don't do things the way that I'm asking you to do it, then eventually you're going to have to go through the process because I love you too much to, to give you the fruit of something that you have not grown. Because if you have the fruit of something that you have not grown, you're going to fall over. You have to grow to a place where you are able to bear the fruit. And so God says, listen, you've got to go through this process. And so we say, well, it's just one year out of seven. And God, uh, we have to feed our family. and we got to do our own thing. He says, okay, fine. 70 years is going to pay for the close to 500 years that you didn't obey. We're going to let the land rest for 70 years. And if you do the math, I think it was 490 years that they were living in the land and there was 70 years of rest that needed to be made up. It's crazy. So here's what I want you to do. Rest in God's plan and process. It's not too slow. It seems slow, but it's actually fast. It seems slow, but it's actually fast. Trust God's way. Don't go your own way because God's gonna have to 
push you back into his way. And when he has to do that, oftentimes it's really uncomfortable. And so when you trust God's way and you say, God, I I believe that you're doing this for me. I believe that you're bringing me into alignment. And God, I'm not gonna fight you on this anymore. I'm gonna trust that you have a good plan for me. I'm gonna put my hope in you because you said in your word that your plan is good and that it's for me to prosper. And so God, I'm gonna just rest in that. It doesn't matter if everyone seems to be succeeding all around me and they're taking the shortcut. God, I'm gonna take the right way. I'm gonna seek you. I'm gonna sow seed. I'm gonna trust that you're, you're leading me and you're bringing me into that right place. Listen, Hebrews chapter 12, we're almost finished, but Hebrews chapter 12, verse five says, and have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. Did you know that when you're being disciplined, it's an affirmation of love, not the opposite. When you're going through difficulty, when you're going through hardship, it's because God loves you, not because he's angry at you, not because he's so frustrated with you, not because he doesn't want to be around you. It's the opposite. God is doing things in you to get you closer to him. It might be painful, but it's a part of the process. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as a son. It's an affirmation of who you are. When you experience discipline, listen, don't be worried about everyone that is going and seemingly so happy and successful all around you. You trust God's plan for your process. You trust God's plan. You trust God's plan because his plan, it always leads to the right place. Just know he's bringing you along. Some of you, you might've come into this place and you are so frustrated. You're so frustrated with where you're at. I wanna encourage you, God is bringing you along. He hasn't forgotten about you. He knows your name. If you're going through a difficult experience right now, it's because God loves you. It says, Verse seven, endure hardship as discipline. Listen, just because you're going through something, it doesn't mean that you've done something wrong, okay? That's not how it works. But, you know, when I was, when I was younger, I used to play football. I know, don't be surprised. We were a small school. When we played football, our coach made us run. And the reason that he made us run was to punish us. No, I'm serious. That's, that's why. Because we, when we do it something wrong, he'd make us run. So in my mind, I got this idea that when I run, I'm being punished. So as I got older, when someone's like, oh, do you want to go for a run? I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, no, I don't want to go for a run. Like, punish myself. Finally, now I'm old enough where it's one of the only sports that I can legitimately do. And so I, I got to this place. This is so wrong, right? I, I'm not that old. I'm only 35. I'm just not that great at sports. So, but when I run, it's enjoyable to me. Now, why? Because I've come to, to, to understand it's not actually punishment that I'm giving to myself. It's discipline. I'm not receiving judgment, I'm getting correction. 
I'm, I'm doing this so that when I run up the stairs chasing my kids, I'm not out of breath. I'm doing this because my heart is going to hopefully last longer. I'm doing this for all of these amazing reasons. And as you get older, you understand these things. But when, when you're young, you don't. Endure hardship as discipline. Doesn't matter what you're going through. God loves you. Listen, I want you to understand this is the last thing. It says this, verse 12 in uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So I was, I was, as I was preparing to bring this message to you, I said to my wife, I said, hey, I'm going to preach on this passage. And, and she said, really? You're going to preach on that passage? I said, yeah, I'm going to preach on that passage. For, if you don't know, sometimes for all the preachers, sometimes your wife is going to give you really good feedback, but it's going to be really hard to receive. And so I said, hey, yeah, so I'm going to preach. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And she looked at me and she's like, man, that seems just really hard to do. Like how... What are you, are you asking me to just like give my whole heart? Like I felt like I already gave my heart and I felt like I already did as much as I possibly can. And now you're going to tell me, oh, well, you just got to give more and then God will, God will, then you'll find God. And it's like, man, I'm never going to find God. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's not a very good sermon. So I kept studying and I came to realize, you know what? The reality is that I'm not the one that, that gave everything. I'm not the one that, that God is saying, well, if you just give a little bit more, then I would finally come through. No, God is just saying, hey, I'm bringing you through a process. You can come kicking and screaming if you want. It'll take a little longer, but I'm bringing you through a process because I'm the one that is actually purifying your heart. You see, God, his intention has always been intimacy, and he will do whatever it takes to get you closer to his heart. He will do whatever it takes, and so he's saying, hey, come along this process with me, because it's all about purifying your intentions. It's all about purifying your motives. It's all about purifying your intimacy. When you're going through something, that's all that's happening. Could you stand with me?